0: grace and peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And also with you. Let's turn and greet one another. We welcome you to Laguna Presbyterian Church, especially if you're visiting with us this morning. On each one of the pews near the center aisle is a friendship pad. It's a black folder, and we'd love to have you take it and fill it out and let us know that you're here with us today. You can see some of the things that are going on in the life of our congregation. Next Sunday morning is Parish Sunday, which means that our deacons will be hosting members visitors all of us over in tankersley hall after each one of the services they will be serving some food and ask you if you are a member to find your parish your geographical area that you belong to and meet your deacon if you're not a member we still love to have you over there and we can introduce you to who your deacon would be if you were a part a member of the congregation and you can just enjoy a whole lot of really good food over there too our third Friday group invites you to join them for a Hollywood gala night. The entertainment is going to be Laguna Swing Set Band, and you can wear your glamour if you feel like it. I'm certainly wearing every bit of my glamour that evening. Um, also, our women's retreat is signing up on the uh, Internet. You can sign up. It will be a great weekend with Linda Roberts as our speaker. Some of you have indicated an interest in sacred story prayer, a way to learn to pray each day for 15 minutes a day. Um, that group, Those groups are beginning this Wednesday, so today is the last chance if you have not signed up for that. If you have signed up, we'd like you to confirm that at the cart out on the patio today, and the books are available there too. Next Sunday afternoon, after our parish Sunday, Our choir is going to be going up to the Roman Catholic Cathedral in Los Angeles, Our Lady of the Angels, that gigantic, wonderful cathedral. And they are going to sing with a thousand voices, a thousand voices, directed by John Rutter, the composer. Amazing concert. And um, you can get tickets and go up and hear them. I got mine online yesterday. They say the tickets are limited, so do go online and get them if you're interested in doing that. That's next Sunday evening. The concert's at 7 p.m., in Los Angeles. And you can also see that this year for the Patriots Day Parade, our preschool is going to have a float in the parade to wish our church a happy birthday. It is going to be a birthday cake float, and afterwards we want to hand out free cupcakes for our birthday in our rose garden. So you can sign up today to be the bringer of some of those free cupcakes out on the patio today. And next Sunday is our Scout Sunday, so we welcome our Boy Scout and our Cub Scout groups that will be here. Uh, This morning, the flowers are about an anniversary. Caroline and Michael Milson, 40 years. Congratulations. I don't see you, but congratulations to them. Let's turn our hearts to the Lord.
1: God of comfort and God of mercy, God of love, you created us for fellowship with yourself. You stand at the door of our lives this morning knocking, wanting to come in fellowship with us. So with whatever we bring to this service of worship this morning, above everything else, may you come to us and bring us strength and courage for the living of these days, we pray. We thank you for this fellowship of your people, for the families represented here, and for the nurture and the the comfort, and the power of the Holy Spirit in our midst. Bless this hour of worship, we ask in your name. Amen. Please join me for our call to worship
2: from Isaiah chapter 42. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations.
3: He will not cry or lift up his voice, or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and a dimly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice.
2: I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I have taken you by the hand and kept you. I have given you as a covenant to the people.
3: A light to the nations, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison those who sit in darkness.
2: Sing to the Lord a new song, his praise from the end of the earth. Amen. Let us stand and worship the Lord.
3: Church, let us worship King. Together we sing. Oh,
4: worship the King, oh glorious above.
0: proof of God's amazing love is this. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Trusting in God's faithfulness and compassion, we confess our sin before God and one another in sung and spoken prayer. sing together. Kyrie eleison,
4: have mercy, Christ eleison.
5: together
0: So we pray responsively. Awesome and compassionate God, you've loved us with unfailing, self-giving mercy, but we have not loved you. You You constantly call us, but But we we do not listen. listen. You ask us to love, but But we we walk walk away from neighbors in in need, wrapped in our our own concerns. concerns. We condone evil, prejudice, warfare, and greed. God of grace, as you come to us in mercy, we repent in spirit and in truth and admit our sin. Amen. My friends, hear the good news. In the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, we are assured that there is no sin so terrible that God cannot forgive, no hurt so terrible that God cannot heal. God accepts, God forgives, and God sets free. Receive the forgiving love of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen.
1: Pray with me. and Lord, we do thank you for this day, for the gift that it is, for the privilege of being alive and in fellowship with loved ones, for being drawn to this house of worship this morning. Each one of us in our own special way need to be touched by your word in the spirit this morning. We ask that your presence will be powerful in our midst through your word. We ask in your name. Amen. Mark chapter 1. At the very beginning of Jesus' ministry. In verse 29, As soon as they left the synagogue in Capernaum, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown He got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, everyone is searching for you. He answered, let us go on to the neighboring towns, so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. A leper came to him, begging him, and kneeling, he said to him, if you choose, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I do choose. Be made clean. Immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. After sternly warning him, he sent him away at once, saying to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your, for your cleansing what Moses commanded as a testimony to them. But he went out and began to proclaim it freely, and to spread the word so that Jesus could no longer go into a town openly, but stayed out in the country, and people came to him from every quarter. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Last week we, we used a little phrase from C.S. Lewis's Mere Christianity About the incarnation, about the coming of God in Jesus into Palestine in that first century. He said it was a divine invasion, if you will, D Day, an invasion of enemy occupied territory. He came into that synagogue in Capernaum right on the north shore of the lake at Galilee. And after he taught with such authority and power, the people were astounded by what he said. And a man in the congregation began to cry out, What are you here for, Jesus of Nazareth? I know why you've come. You've come to destroy us. Jesus said, be silent, come out of him. And the unclean spirit came out. On that Sabbath morning, or on Sunday morning if you will, immediately following church, Jesus moved across the public square just outside the synagogue there in Capernaum. And he went over to the housing development where Peter and Andrew and James and John lived with a larger family. And when Jesus entered the house, he was informed that Peter's mother-in-law was ill with a fever. And in that culture, that could be devastating. This was before the age of science and medicine. This was before antibiotics, no community clinics, no hospitals. A fever could turn septic, and suddenly a person could have pneumonia and be gone within a few hours. So there was an urgency. And Peter said, my mother-in-law's ill. Jesus walked into her bedroom, simply took her by the hand and lifted her up. And the fever left her. She was healed. There must have been much to talk about that morning at brunch following church with the healing and with the exorcism. But then again, at the end of the day, people heard that he was there. And they brought to that house those who were sick and afflicted with various diseases, the paralytics, the epileptics, the lepers, the blind, the deaf, were brought for Jesus to heal them also. And at the end of the day, Jesus must have gone to bed exhausted. With the energy having flowed out of him into the lives of others and in this confrontation with the enemy that stood behind all the brokenness and woundedness and disease and violence of our world. The text tells us something very interesting about Jesus. It said the very next morning when he got up, while it was still dark, early in the morning, he got up. And he went out He went out to a desolate place, to a place of solitude, a place where he could be by himself, a place of beauty in nature itself. I can just see in the imagination, I can see that place up on the hillside overlooking the lake at Galilee. And if you're out there early enough, you can see the sun begin to rise over the Golan Heights. And you can see the reflection of the sun upon the blue waters. And it is silent. One of my friends posted a video that he took from Tiberias on the southern end of the lake. And it's a panoramic view. He moved from right to left along those the golden heights from Tiberias and he, he videoed that whole area and the sky was was just beginning to turn a brighter blue and the sun was beginning to reflect upon the waters a bit and in the video he had captured a flock of huge birds flying over. Northern Galilee is a migratory route for birds moving from Africa up through the Middle East and into Europe and and Turkey and Russia. Huge storks. All kinds of birds migrating. And in this video you could see the formation in the sky and you could hear the lapping of the waves on the lakefront. And to me, it was awe-inspiring. First time I saw that place was in 1971 with the first group I took to Israel. And I was taking all kinds of pictures early in the morning at Tiberias as the sun was coming up. The sun was reflecting, the small fishing boats were there, and they were bobbing up and down in the waters, and it was almost totally silent. It was the kind of place you'd like to go and walk and simply be embraced by the beauty of the creation. It was a healing place, the beauty of it. One of my friends was Ruth Basler. She was an artist. She was on the trip with us, and when I came to Laguna Beach, she took one of my slides and painted it That picture that I had taken of Galilee in that early morning, I treasure it because it was her gift to me, but also because it pointed toward that environment of the beautiful creation in which we all live, which we know all about because we live in Laguna Beach and we've seen the sunrises, we've seen the sunsets, and... We've seen Catalina and we've seen the whales bobbing up and down in the ocean. And it is a glorious place to walk and to simply meditate and to contemplate. That's what Jesus was doing on that morning following that very busy weekend of engagement with all that which was broken and in great need. And I love it so much that Jesus went out on that early morning hour to pray. He went out to pray. The text doesn't tell us what he was praying about, but I want to read into that text And make some suggestions to you. I think Jesus regularly prayed the Psalms. And the Psalms of creation. And I think of Psalm 104. That celebrated God's creative power. How manifold are your works. In the whole creation in this world. The whole earth is full of your wisdom. I look out. I see the sun. I see the sea. I see the hills. And a multitude of living creatures live there and the birds flying in the air and I see them all as a witness to who you are. And Jesus, praise the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Let all that is within me praise the Lord. How many times I've walked the trails around Laguna Beach in the daytime, late afternoon, late evening, in the darkness of the night on the streets near my home praying, aware of the presence of the Lord, of the goodness of the God of creation. And I believe Jesus thanked God for all of that. I think he also remembered what he'd been dealing with over that Sabbath weekend. With the paradoxical nature of creation that is so good and beautiful, and yet can can hold such evil and mystery. He knew that that was the route through which many armies had moved up and down the Middle East, where that that had seen much violence. Nineteen eighty, I met a Jewish woman as a guide in Israel, and she told me the story about being in the last boat out of Europe as the the children's boat, the last boat of German children that escaped. And they came into northern Galilee there, and they discovered an area that was infested with mosquitoes and yellow fever and malaria and all of that. And the first job of those who arrived was to clean up the lake. Maybe Jesus knew something about that. But he had encountered this divine invasion there on the lakefront, the beachhead of the kingdom of heaven. He had encountered the presence and the power of the one who holds all of humanity in brokenness and sin and death. I think he was grieved to the depths of his soul. Interesting thing to be able to celebrate and to give thanks for the beauty of life and community. And at the same time, to be grieved. And to feel so powerless and helpless to fix it all. The guy that writes in the religion section of the Atlanta Constitution published an article, and they posted it on CNN this week, about Bishop Eddie Long from Atlanta, the pastor of the megachurch, 25,000 member. One of the fallen pastors was accused and went to trial. He was an advocate of prosperity, theology. God wants you all, wants us all to be healthy, wealthy, and wise, and all of that. And if you just think right and name it and claim it, you can have it. If people get sick, the article said... They get marginalized within the church. Or if some people die, they simply forget about it, sort of. No one wants to face that side or that dimension of life. And the writer of of this article from the Atlantic Constitution said the greatest disaster of all in the midst of all that hope and prosperity and health and healing and all of that is that the pastor never taught them how to deal with loss. With grief. How to stand together and to comfort one another and to be the agents of reconciliation, of forgiveness and love. To do that you have to be identified with the brokenness and weakness of the world. And Jesus was there, Son of God, fully human, fully God, beginning to take on the wounds and the brokenness of the world. In the words of Isaiah the prophet, he was wounded for our iniquities, and by his stripes we are healed. He understood what it meant to become identified with all that is broken in our world. And he prayed for his disciples he was preparing them he was mentoring those disciples to send them out into the world and he prayed for them he knew they were weak men he knew that the line of sin ran through their hearts but he also knew he had a mission for them and he wanted to come to the place where he could trust them so that they would be empowered to do the very same things that he was doing and that is to bring hope and healing And reconciliation and forgiveness and new beginnings in the people's lives to drive out the unclean spirits to proclaim good news. But they were so busy with the rest of the crowds hunting for Jesus in order to use him in some way that he must have looked upon them with compassion and knew he had a lot of work to do. Even as when he looks at us, perhaps. See, there's a lot of work to do. Not finished with the old Jerry yet. I'm going to give him my mind and fill his heart with my compassion. And help him to be able to reach out and touch the leper. To choose to do that they told me in that mission trip to India, the greatest gift you'll ever receive is to let a leper touch you. Just think of that great prayer, the high priestly prayer of Jesus in John 17, where Jesus prayed for his disciples that they might be one, even as he and the Father were one. He knew there was already the spirit of competition jockeying for power amongst themselves and that they needed to move into the unity of the love of god the father son and holy spirit it was the only hope of the world if a church could be there as one people of god with one common confession committed to the gospel and so jesus prayed for that that their lives might be touched And when the disciples found him and said, everybody is searching for you. Now come with us so that we can keep up the good work. You got the power. He said, let us be on our way to the other towns and villages of the area for this is why I was sent into the world to do the mission of God in healing this cosmos and this world of restoring it to what God intended it to be from from the very beginning. Years ago, Elizabeth O'Connor wrote a book called The Inward Journey and the Outward Journey. And she said, you can't have One or the other of those journeys. It's always both sides of it. If you're going to live in this world and be a follower of Christ, your soul needs to be formed. You have to be prepared to take that inward journey of relationship with God. You need to learn to pray. Because very quickly you will discover you do not have the power to do what you want to do. That you're limited by your humanity. You don't have the spiritual strength to hang in there. And Jesus knew that about himself. That he was dependent upon the heavenly father. He took the inward journey. And lived in right relationship with God. The gospels tell us that repeatedly Jesus went out into a desolate place to pray. At all the important moments of his life. And every day, someone said that prayer was the breath that he breathed. And so the apostles can say to us, pray without ceasing. If you're going to be fully human, if you're going to be blessed by God, you're going to need the presence and the power and the authority of God to stand where you stand, to say what you say, to do what you do. You've got to take that inward journey. But that inward journey, I can guarantee you, is going to turn you outward and you're going to be seeing the world in a whole new way. So you better get ready for it, church. If you worship God, if you pray, if you listen to the word of God, you'll begin to see the world in a new way. I remember our first trip to Mexico City and living in the Yahusco with those folks down there who had absolutely nothing. And we had come to bless them and I was so afraid of being touched by them. Halfway got myself sick with some kind of a flu and I... Told the runner of Partners and Hopes, you know, I don't think I can go out and stay in the home of some of these folks. I need to stay here at the Lutheran Center and take care of myself. And he said, Are you afraid to be weak with these poor folks? And it absolutely nailed me. I was absolutely afraid. I remember in the early 80s when the new AIDS or leprosy came to our city and people were scared to death and we lost members of our own congregation and many in the community and the mayor of the city appointed me to the AIDS education task force for the city to do education he said it was a silver bullet for helping to address the need of a suffering people who were scared to death And indeed it was important. We did everything we could do to reach out and to educate because there was no science that could address the issue. And we were all afraid and we wanted to have a memorial service here for the victims of AIDS. I was a part of an interfaith community and a a leader in that. And one of my most trusted friends and members of the church said, we can't do that. We're too afraid to do that. And yet we began to reach out and you began to reach out and we made a big difference. I remember Mirage, India at the Wanless Medical Center where Dr. Wanless from Glendale had gone over 100 years ago and wanting to start a medical mission there. And he met a departing missionary leaving India. and when he discovered that he was, wanted to be a medical missionary and to build a hospital, said to him, young man, you need to turn around and go back. There's no chance for the gospel to be planted because this is not good soil for the gospel. It simply defeated me and I'm going home. I remember being in that place as a part of our presbytery project there in the chapel with all the nurses and the doctors each morning in worship and prayer. And I began to see why they began their day with worship and prayer, with the inward journey, because that day they were going to see every disease and sickness and affliction possible on the face of the earth. And somehow I learned that I needed to be opened up to not only understand, but to also have some compassion for the suffering of the world. And I've always sort of hated it, that I too was vulnerable, that I was a part of this suffering world, that I, had, I would learn to, to deal with loss and grief and suffering but somehow it would be all right because even that outward journey would energize my soul. So last weekend we received those honors from the Chamber of Commerce, from the County of Orange, from the Community Clinic, as being an institution at the center of this city that has made a contribution. I hope we never forget that it's a simple little thing it's not anything that we seek but it's the awareness of why God has placed us here anyway we must be about the work for which Christ has called us and sent us to proclaim good news of the gospel the forgiveness of sins the transformation of life the healing of the broken and in the process we will bear our wounds and we will discover ourselves what Henry now and the Roman Catholic priest said about himself. He said, I'm a wounded healer. And so are every one of us. The church is a wounded healer. And we enter into all these dimensions of life with the same compassion that drove Jesus to identify with the human condition. That word for compassion or pity as it's translated in the text means to be moved from the depths of one's bowels. It's a feminine word. But in some ancient manuscripts it's translated as anger. I've asked myself, what was Jesus angry about? I think he was angry at seeing such a beautiful world filled with so much potential and how far it had fallen away from God the Creator and all the manifestations of that which he came to make right to heal to lift up its the same word used in John 11 when Jesus stood at the the grave of his best friend Lazarus and wept with deep trouble in his soul, with deep anger that the world is as it is, determined to do something about it for the glory of God and the blessing of humanity. Thank God he did that. He was not afraid to weep in the presence of his friends and to be touched by suffering. To be at a place not knowing exactly what to say except Roll the stone away and come out, Lazarus. And Lazarus came out. And when he came out, it sealed his own death warrant by the authorities. And the people were even more determined to kill Jesus because it was a confrontation with the enemy in enemy-occupied territory. And that confrontation continued all the way to the cross. where in his wounds we were healed and brought back and have begun that long journey of restoration to what God intended us to be from the very beginning. I don't know what burden you carry in your heart this morning, but I have faces and names of loved ones dancing in my mind who are no longer with us, I know the vulnerability in which we all share. And so there's both joy and there's hurt. And I think it's it's grown within me because of this story of the gospel. This story breaks my denial about the human condition. And helps me to know how much I need God in the totality of my life. And so do you. And thank God we can be here this morning to comfort one another. To encourage each other. Whatever may be happening. Pray with me. Father, we come into your presence but we know that you are already here and your spirit is within us and we've received the courage to live and to touch and to heal and to do all those other works of mercy and justice. Claim our lives over and over. Draw us into the depths of who you are and of your profound love for the world that you created Thank you that you restore us and forgive us along the way and empower us to be your disciples. Give us strength and hope this morning. We pray in your name. Amen. Let's stand and affirm our faith together. This is a statement out of our book of order, part of the Constitution of the Presbyterian Church. We read it responsively. The church participates in God's mission to the world through its ministry and worship.
3: <clears throat> worship presents the reality of the divine rule, which God has promised in Jesus Christ as the renewal
1: the worshiping community in its integrity before the Word and its unity in prayer and sacraments is a sign of the presence of the reign of God.
3: The church, the church and in its ministry, ministry bears witness, witness to God's, God's
1: reign through the proclamation of the gospel, of the gospel through, through works, works of compassion God and reconciliation, reconciliation through, through the stewardship of creation and of life. Signs of God's reign <clears throat> are also manifest in the world wherever the Holy Spirit leads people to seek justice and to make peace. Amen. You may be seated as we receive our morning offering. We'll
5: multiply your love through us. To the lost and the least, let us be your healing hands, your instruments of peace.
4: i
2: Let us pray. Merciful Father, we thank you for being a prayer hearing God, yes. that we would cherish this gift each and every day. It is an overwhelming thought that the Creator and Sustainer of the universe gives heed to our prayers and meets our needs. We thank you for sending your only Son, Jesus Christ, to live among us, full of grace and truth. He made you known to all who would receive Him, sharing in our joy and sorrow. He healed the sick and was a friend to sinners. And we trust him to overcome every power that can hurt or divide us and believe that one day he will set all things right. And this morning we think of those who are in need of your strength. As the Apostle Paul said, those who are in need of the God of all comfort. We pray for those in our church who are hurting and suffering, who are sick, grieving, depressed, Or feeling alone. Lord, hear their names now as we lift them up to you, seeking your love, mercy, and comfort. Hear their names, Lord.
3: Jennifer. Matthew. Molly. Jeff.
2: Bring your comfort, O Lord. Bless now the offering this morning and may it be used to further the cause of your kingdom in this world for the sake of Jesus Christ, the one who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
3: Our closing hymn is number 390. May the mind of Christ be my Savior. And we'll sing verses 1, 2, 3, and verse 4.
1: Jesus said to his disciples, do not let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. My peace I give to you. My peace I fill with you. Receive the great gift from God of that inner peace that guards our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus and which energizes us to do the work of the kingdom. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And if you need special prayers this morning, I just invite you to come to the front and our prayer folks will be there and uh, you'll be prayed for and hands will be laid on. God bless you.